This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Dramatic pause. A dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all. Dramatic pause is a go-to for podcasters, presidents, and Radio voiceovers. It makes you look really smart, even if you're not. Feet deserve a go-to like that. Like Hey Dude Shoes. Light, comfy, good to go to. And welcome again to Cottage Talk Full-Time. I'm Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Craig Coben and the Fulham Shadow, Emilio Danella, in full shadow mode. This is our full-time show. Our initial reaction show is Fulham grind out their 2-1 to victory against Brighton and Hove Albion. Emilio and Craig were both there, and I'm going to get their initial reaction to what I think is an impressive victory, guys. Emilio, the Fulham Shadow, I'm going to go to you first. Give me your initial reaction of what you watched at Craven Cottage tonight. Hello there, Russ. Hi there, Craig. Yeah, for those who are asking, I'm sat in my car. I'm not driving in my car. I'm sat in the car. He's the in his car. Putney Bridge. Um, <laughs> yeah, just, um, yeah, just what a very impressive performance. I agree with you, Russ. It was, a, you know, the atmosphere in the ground was immense. Expectations were high. I think we all predicted a Fulham victory, I think, between the three of us. I think yep. we weren't, weren't disappointed, but... You know, overall, we set our stall well early on, good 15, 20 minutes spell at the beginning. And then second, the rest of the first half was a bit sloppy and both teams cancelled each other out. But the second half, it was entertaining. Again, good for the neutral, but we're creating chances. We're scoring right. goals. Right. We're defending well. You know, at times it's desperate defending, but, you know, that you have to expect that. But overall, let's not forget, we've beaten a team who were joint second in the table, That's unbeaten, right. not fallen behind all season. And we go there and deservedly won the game 2-1 tonight. So I, 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 there should be no qualms. I'd like to see the replay of the penalty against the VAR. It's, it's I can talk looked- about that. I was talking to Craig a little bit about that. I got a good view of it. We'll get to that in just a second. But this is something that Craig said to me off air, Emilio, and I want to get your thoughts. I said this. He said the same thing. 
I think Brendan Hovalbion are a very good side, Emilio. This is probably more impressive than most think. You already talked a little bit about that. I was very impressed with them. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, was, I, think I was disappointed with them first half. I think at the end of the day, they they play very patient. They build, they play a lot of good build up play. They keep possession well. They try to keep pushing and keep trying to create something. It's a slow pace, but they they carve out lots of opportunity. And they're difficult to break down. And for second half, you know, we 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 cause some problems in that second half. And on another day, maybe we should have had another goal or two on the board as well. But then again, so, so should they. They hit the post. Lena made a good save. So let's not kid ourselves. You know, Brighton are a very organised, well-equipped, well-drilled team. And we beat an un- unbeaten team 2-1 at home and fully deserved. It was no fluke. There was no no luck. fluke. We, were, we deservedly won that game. And like you said, Brighton are, are a good team. You know, I don't think they've got the depth in the squad to continue at the level they are. But non- notwithstanding that, we've broken their unbeaten record. And so let's be, we should be proud of that. Absolutely. Craig, over to you. We already talked a little bit about this off-air that you were impressed with what you saw from Brighton. But... In the end, you know, it's funny. You and I talked about, we'll talk about this at the end of full time. I think the most impressive thing you and I agreed on this is how Fulham ended this match. I cannot remember a time where they managed a match like that. So again, give me your initial reaction, but I'm curious your view on that. Do you agree with me on that? Look, it's an, it is a very impressive victory. Brighton are the informed side in the premiership. They have good players. They're well-organized. They're tactically uh, very flexible, and you saw that in this game where they started with three in the back and they moved to a 4-2-3-1 later on. Um, they were on the ball, and for parts, much of the first half, they actually, I thought, were, were, were dominating us. However, we showed that we can win, and we showed also that we can hold on to a lead, and I was particularly impressed with the way we killed off the game in the last mm-hmm. 10 minutes. It wasn't just that we were played. We had stalling tactics. We fought for the ball. We yep. held up the ball. We controlled mm-hmm. the ball, and we kept our heads. And I think it is a really impressive victory. We should talk maybe a little bit about some of the areas where the team is going to have to improve over the course of the season. Some of the areas where I think Brighton exposed us. But at the end of the day, although Brighton probably had much of the better play especially in the first half, they didn't really create very mm. many chances. No, they didn't. No chances. And even the one where they hit the post, I, I'm told, it was off. The, the, the it was, was way offside. Way offside. Way offside. I couldn't see from um, the Hammersmith end. Uh, I also agree with Emilio. The atmosphere in Craven Cottage was electric. That's great. <laughs> That's and, fantastic. Uh, you can tell. And it, was amazing mm. to, it was amazing to feel. It was amazing to be part of. Okay. Emilio, I want to share this comment from foam legend Rob Wilson. Emilio, put 50p in your meter. <laughs> Up there, foam, win. So, again, thank you, Rob, for uh, Cheers, sharing Rob. <laughs> uh, with you. So, with you, Emilio. So, again, we have a limited amount of time on this show. Just real quick, let's talk about the first half, both of you. Foam started strong, Emilio. But let's give Brighton Hove Albion credit. They came into it, and maybe you could say that they had the better half but Fulham were dangerous when they had their opportunities. Let's talk about your thoughts on the first half. Yeah, I thought we, again, started very brightly. High intensity, first 10, 15 minutes. We're causing them problems. We're winning. You know, we're, we're determined. You know, Mitrovic was chasing, you know, the whole 90 minutes, Mitrovic was absolutely immense. But Unbelievable. He kept chase, chasing down every ball. There was 
you know, we, you know, we just let, didn't let Brighton settle. They really had, a, you know, they knew they were coming up for, you know, up for a game tonight and we showed them at 15 minutes, but then they do what they do best. They sort of grind, grind things out of you. We started to, to give the ball away cheaply, losing possession. And that, that plays into Brighton's hands, exactly right. what they do well. And they started to build from the back, good passing, good patient build-up play. And, you know, they're getting into good wide positions there. Their, their, their left winger looked quite dangerous in that first half, getting some decent crosses into the box. And, you know, they did finish stronger in that sec- in that first half. But again, I think Chris Godwin said it feels like a game of chess. It did feel like that. Right. You know, we counted each other out. It wasn't the most spectacular first half, but you knew that whoever's going to get the first goal was likely to to go on and win the game. So I think nil-nil was probably a fair, fair reflection of the first half, to be honest. I totally agree. Craig, your thoughts? Look, I thought Brighton... Uh, had the better of the first half. In the first 10 minutes, I agree. I think Fulham came out very well organized, very energetic. But over time, Brighton started to dominate uh, possession. And in particular, we were struggling to to move the ball out of the first third or into the mm. second third of the pitch. And we were losing it quite often. Uh, Pereira kept falling down, expecting yeah. the foul. He wasn't getting it. I think he lost the ball several times. In the back, they, they, they had, it looked like the three in the back, but um, when they were were out of possession, they brought back the left winger, so they That's had right. four in the back. Whereas, they, but they kept the right winger up, and actually he would tuck in the uh, Solly March. He would tuck in, so they, they were tactically quite clever, and they seem to always have. You know, our players seem to be isolated many times. They seem mm. to be ball, and they they just seem to be a little bit more on top of us. It's a well drilled side, Craig. Yeah, drilled absolutely, and that's what makes it more impressive. But. They never really had a good chance on goal. Mm. And, no, they, they didn't. And, and I think we were fairly solid in that respect, even if maybe our movement forward wasn't great. Um, maybe we didn't hold the ball up as well as we could have. Mitro was having to come back uh, into, into the come back quite deep in order to um, make up the numbers and support, uh, support uh, our attempts to get the ball out. But, you know, Going into halftime nil-nil, I think was actually pretty important because Brighton could have scored just given the predominance, the dominance they had, especially I would say kind of from minutes 25 to 45. I agree, Craig. And listen, I, I think halftime came at a good time for Fulham to regroup, for Marco Silva to talk to the players at halftime. And guys, I'm actually, as we talk about the second half, we're going to talk about the key moments. I just want to mention this. I'm going to dedicate this episode to Scott Parker. And the reason why I'm doing this against Scott Parker got sacked today. Best of luck to Scott Parker and his future ventures. I, I don't wish him any ill will, but because Scott Parker had a falling out with form and you could say it was mutual or you could say one way or another, it opened up the opportunity for Marco Silva to come and also unleash Alexander Mitrovic because Alexander Mitrovic did not play like this under Parker. It did not fit under Parker. Well, now we're seeing Alexander Mitrovic, Emilio, play at a high level. So now I'm, let's go to the second half and let's talk about the goal for Mitro. And again, can we end the argument that he can be a scorer in the Premier League? Can, can we just end that argument? He scores in the 48th minute, Emilio. Your thoughts on the opener for Mitro? Yeah, and again, I've got, I've got the video. You know, took it live on video, so I'll send it to you afterwards, Russ. So actually, the build yep. up to the goal, but. It all started off with a free kick from Pereira. It was just a, a nothing free kick. I thought, you know, that was a lofted ball. It was easily dealt with by Brighton. And then, you know, we 
we got, I think the ball went a little bit loose just outside the penalty area. And I think Cabana got the ball mm-hmm. and he just squared it through into the danger area. That's all I can recall. You know, the other day, poor, poor Pereira free kick. Yep. You know, they, they completely dealt with it. it went, I think, was it Harrison Reed who passed it over to um, yeah. Cabana? I think it was. Yes. And then yep. Cabana squared it into the danger area and you've always got a chance. Then the big man was there lurking and just tucked it in, you know, very confidently. You know, a different, a different man. You know, under silver compared to uh, to Parker, to be honest, this man was defending and attacking for ninety minutes. The man did not stop all night. You know, he covered every blade. That's of grass. a great point, Emilio. You know, Fantastic he just didn't point. stop the energy levels. You know, two years ago, three years ago, this man would have been out of breath. You know, you know, you know, having arguments with other players, trying to get himself yellow carded. This is a man with confidence. You know, scoring goals, creating chances, creating a threat every time he's in the penalty area. And defending for his life as well. So again, what more do you want from this man? But and dribbling past and dribbling past the Brighton players. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he looked like Ronaldinho sometimes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's a- I'm glad that you guys are talking about this because one thing that stood out to me is the work rate from the entire team. The work mm-hmm. rate was incredible. Bobby Decadover Reed working his socks off. Harrison Reed everywhere. They yep. were all yep. working their socks off, and it just shows what they can do when they play together as a team and what's give Silva Boa and the entire coaching staff credit because he's putting them into positions to succeed and win. And that's what we're seeing here. If they give the effort, the game plan works and they execute it, they have a chance to win. And they prove that tonight, Craig, over to you. Let's talk about the own goal from a player form we're linked to for a very long period of time. Lewis Dunk. So it was, yeah, thank was, you, Lewis Dunk, for actually yeah, scoring for Fulham. We really appreciate that. You never came yeah, to Fulham, but it, thank it, you for the own goal. Yeah, it came out of almost, again, it came out of nothing. I think Mitro won the ball. That's right. Actually, Mitro won the ball at one end, and then there there was a, mm-hmm. a cross from, um, was it Cabano again? And, yep. and he just turned it in. Or, or was it Palina? And he turned it in. Um, look, there's a bit of a, it was a bit of a fluke. Uh, goal, but this is what happens when you put them under pressure. Exactly. And, um, you know, you you, it, you have to say that by that time the game was starting to become a lot more stretched. Um, right, yes. and we're having to commit more men forward, and so as a result, there were opportunities at the other end. So, although the own goal was a bit fortuitous. You know, on the other hand, we he was under pressure, Lewis right. Dunk, and that's the kind of mistake that players make when they're under pressure. Um, and, you know, what I would say, again, is the fact that you had Mitra winning the ball at the opposite mm. of the, quite indicative yeah. to start the whole move. The man worked so hard throughout the match. He is the James Brown of foam football club. <laughs> I love that. Football. I love that. That's fantastic. All right, Emilio, you actually went no shadow for a couple seconds, and I think that's kind of pivotal for us talking about what happened (laughs) next, okay? Okay. So let's talk about it. Only a few minutes later, Brighton Hove Albion get a penalty. Now, I've had the liberty of obviously watching this at home and seeing the replay, and I'll just explain to you what I've seen, and, and you could just share what you saw live at Craven Cottage. What I witnessed, and again, I didn't see it at First, when they showed the replay and we were told that the play was under review for a possible penalty, I, I got nervous. And then when they show it, all I can tell you is that Bobby Decadover reed had no idea that the player was behind him. No mm. idea. This was incidental contact, but he did hit him. 
in my mind, it is a penalty. It probably was the right call. I hate to say it. But uh, what were your thoughts when you uh, heard the news at Craven Cottage? Yeah, I think, you know, because I think we we're still gloating the 2 0 win. I think obviously the internet happened, <laughs> Clean the sheet. continued. And then next moment, we just saw the news, you know, the flash on the screen to say, look, there's a VAR looking at a possible penalty decision. <sighs> and, um, and the thing, I, again, I'm no expert on, on the VAR rules and all that, but it's right. My understanding is, and quote me if I'm wrong, people are listening, is if it's not a clear and obvious decision, you don't give it. And the fact is, right. you've got many experts watching re- re- replays every different angle and still do not have the ability to make a decision. What does a referee do that the other guys can't? That's why I'm a little bit confused with this law. So, yes, right. some go our way, some don't go our way. And if you're saying it was a penalty, it looked harsh. I only saw it briefly. It on is the, harsh, Emilio. Let me it just say, harsh. it's harsh on Bobby Decadova Reed because he had no idea. That's and if the rules say, say it's contact, whether he's yep. is incidental and not looking, but if the rules say that, that's a penalty. But what I don't understand is why didn't the VAR give that immediately rather than no. asking the referee to go and do his independent review? That's why I'm a little bit lost because it's either it's clear-cut or it's not clear-cut. Right. The fact it's gone to a referee to watch the replay himself tells me the experts weren't dis- decided whether it was a penalty or not. And then they 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 scored for it, took the momentum, swung the momentum right back to Brighton. I thought at that oh, point, it changed the here match, we go again. Obviously. Right. Can we hold on to a lead? Can we hold it? Right. How many times have we taken the lead this season and not held on or not won the game? So those nerves were starting to kick in again. So it's uh they had the momentum. Just they had half an hour still to play. And if anyone you thought was going to win the game, it was going to be Brighton. But fair place to Fulham. You know, we 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 dug out a very impressive half an hour of defense. And still created opportunities as well. Let's not forget, we still created two opportunities. Oh, I'm going to talk about that. Maybe we should have done better, Cabano and Bobby Reed. Yep, we're going to talk about that right now. Craig, I want to get your thoughts. I'm glad that Emilio just led us there. Because the opportunities from Cabano, it was an open net, Craig. I know it was a Mm. difficult shot. It was difficult if you look back at it. But it's an open net. He had the opportunity. Boy, if they score there. And then a little bit later, you have Bobby Decadover, Reed shot just a wonderful opportunity. This is another missed opportunity. I'm thinking this is going to come back to foam to bite them. What are your thoughts about these two opportunities? Yeah, look, I mean, I think Cabano's opportunity arose from the mistake by the Brighton goalkeeper Sanchez, which was a (laughs) real shocker. Yeah. Um, But I think he had to snatch at the ball because he wasn't going to be given the time for another touch. And so he kind of had to sort of, turn and and kick it um i thought bobby decker dover reed had a really good opportunity mm-hmm. so better but i think it's one of the issues i we have with the team and that is that we need another forward to totally agree correct totally agree uh, this is uh, a good o- reason you know to, Cabano, to really show. bobby decker dover reed don't always especially cabano they, they don't always have the end product that I think is necessary at this no, level. I agree. And, and, you know, without Harry Wilson, I think, I think it's, it's, we're asking too much of Mitrovic in a lot of these mm-hmm. situations. And you're asking a lot of two players that let's be honest, they are giving you everything that they have Craig, but are they really premier league stars? I think you would agree that they're not, but they're giving you everything that they no, have. They, and- their effort and their work rate uh, is without doubt. Uh, impressive and they're and they're good players yep. but they, they don't have the end product that mm. we're going to need over the course of the season so we do need to have another uh, uh forward 
who can maybe create actually it would be great to bring back ryan sessignon and have him as a woman <laughs> wow there's a name ryan sessignon don't get me started on him i i got on a show in maine and uh the supporter who was actually one of the hosts is a tottenham fan and, I, and he was asking me why i won't pick them for to win the league and i said it's because of ryan sessignon I, I can't do it because of ryan sessignon i won't do it until you stop playing ryan sessignon all the time that was just my little my little pet peeve with him. But anyways, coming up next, guys, to finish the show, we're going to talk about how Foam ended the match, which I think was very impressive, and who we believe was man of the match. Okay, Emilio, I'm going to go to both you and Craig because we talked about this at the beginning of the show. This, to me, is the most impressive part of this match, just my opinion, how Foam ended this match, how they managed the ending. One thing I do want to mention for people that have not seen this, Brighton were way offside. Let's just start there. They got this so wrong, guys. Brighton were way off. It wasn't even close. So that made a situation. If they scored, obviously would have gone to VAR review. But still, this is something that did not need to happen. Way offside. Not even close. So I just want to start there. Mario, give me your thoughts on how Fulham ended this match. Um, We didn't panic at times. I think there's a tendency maybe – you know, you two went up desperate for that victory. And, you know, the, the natural tendency is hoof the ball away, panic, stations kicking. But I thought we looked controlled. We, we, we you know, in the, right in front of me in the corner, you know, we were obviously trying to just trying to pass our way out of trouble, you know, trying to keep possession, create those throw-ins, waste 20 seconds here and there, get the couple corners here and there. So they were running, running down the clock. But we, I didn't see the panic setting in because normally – when you're fighting for dear life, basically it's felt like a cup game towards the end, didn't it, Craig? The last ten minutes, you're trying to you're trying to win a key, an FA Cup game, and yep. you'll do anything just to, to keep possession and, and kick the ball out of play. But I thought we looked controlled. We didn't look in danger, to be honest. I thought Brighton, although we're pushing and pushing and huffing and puffing, I actually thought we we knocked the stuffing out of them. I thought I think they lost belief. You saw Lewis Dunk, you know, you know, lambasting the referee a couple yeah. of times because the decisions weren't going his way. You know, Mitrovic was giving him problems in that last 10 minutes. Kenny was holding the ball in front of me. And overall, you know, I, I thought we looked controlled. The clock took ages to run down, admittedly. For six minutes felt more like 10 minutes. But overall, you know, I didn't think we panicked. And the referee, I want to give a shout out to him. What an idiot. This apparently was his first ever game in the Premier League. <laughs> terrible. Absolutely terrible. I'm not being biased. You know how unbiased I am. You're very honest when it comes to this. Yeah. We never got half the decision we expected. Reed got a yellow card. Lewis Dunstan's <laughs> a similar foul, no yellow card. There was a retaliation on Tom Kearney when he got in when he got fouled. Yeah. Where was a where was a yellow card for that? Nothing. Just a gentle word in the guy's ear. So referee was was appalling tonight, but then ultimately we did enough to win the game. But I think we deserved the victory. And I just felt we just like I said, we didn't panic. I don't know no. what you thought, Craig. Do you agree? Look, Craig? I thought we showed great gamesmanship at the end of the match. We killed it off in the last 10 minutes. Uh, I particularly was impressed with Kearney, the way he controls that possession. It reminds me of of other games where he was the, he was the guy who could kill off the game. One game that I I remember Mm. very clearly is um, the Sheffield when United Sheffield United away match in 2017. I think it was the five, the famous five, four match. Mm. Can't where, you know, we were, the game was starting to slip away from us and Kearney just basically, made sure he got the ball at his feet and killed it off. Um, so uh, I thought it was, it showed a sign of maturity and a winning mentality within the team. They, they, we had the confidence to to play in the corners, 
to mess around with it. Mm. And of course, Mitro at times he would just hold up the ball. I mean, he's such a pro in in these sorts of situations. So kudos to the team. We haven't seen that kind of poise very often. No, we haven't, guys. I just want to share a comment. This is from Sean Kenny. We have a good amount of comments. And thank you, everyone watching live. We have a huge live audience. So thank you, everyone that is watching Cottage Talk right now. Sean Kenny says, just a reminder, season 2020, <laughs> 2021, after five games, one point, eight points right now, guys. That is huge. That is massive. So thank you, Sean, for sharing that. Let's now go to Man of the Match. I'm just going to share some people sharing Man of the Match. We have uh, Karen Owens saying, BDR Man of the Match. I'll go to you, Craig. If you're watching live, feel free to share your Man of the Match. Who was your Man of the Match? No question. Alexander Mitrovic. Alexander uh, Mitrovic. Mitro's on fire. Your defense is terrified. <laughs> Mitro's on fire. Listen, okay. he was everywhere. Uh, I, I, and and just the work rate, the passion, the commitment. It's not just that he scores goals. And I think oh, so much more now, Craig. So much more. He is the, he is the complete leader. Uh, and um, and I, you know he was dribbling past players. He 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 for me is easily the man of the mm, Yeah. Okay. Excellent stuff. All right. I'm going to share some other comments of man of the match before I go to you, Mister Shadow. Mr. Fulm, Shadow, Chris Goodwin, our Liverpool supporter friend here, man of the match, Paulinho, Mitro, a very close second. Interesting. Dave Cronin, he says Mitro. So we have some comments for Mitro. Let's see. Dean here says Mitro's on fire. All right, Mitro, Mitro. I'm calling you Mitro <laughs> there, Emilio. The Shadow's on fire. <laughs> Is he on fire? Are you on fire? Yeah, Is the it Shadow's Mitro? always on fire. Yeah, I think it. for me it's a... It's very concluded. I think it was Mitrovic was by far the best man. You know, scored the goal, involved in the second, defended throughout, won a lot of free kicks, caused Brighton problems, frustrated their defence. And exactly, he was just, you know, basically, he was everywhere tonight. So, you know, it was pretty conclusive. The other call-outs for me, I thought, let's not forget Leno made an important save at 2-1. Yes, I forgot to mention his save. that's That's an important save there. Good save. He look, he's looking commanding in the in the uh, you know in behind the you know in front of the goal there. So that's that's encouraging. But overall, I thought Robinson had a good first half. Yes. Had to defend more in the second half. But I think that's I think Robinson's had a particularly good start to the season. As, you know, he's had a lot of critics in the past, but I think he started impressively this year. So Harrison Reed again does what he does best. You know, done very worked very hard, very well. And Paulinho is just growing into a, a to the key a key position for us. And then my worry is you know, who's his backup? You know, so again. I'm expecting two or three more signings before the close of the transfer window. I think we this might Thursday. have more than that. We'll see. I think we hopefully might maybe have even more. more. Yeah, we could potentially left back from PSG tomorrow. Yep. Willian sounds like it's a done deal. Is that right? You know, that's then what I'm could... hearing, and I'm hearing a potential another signing from Roma. Clivert again. We're yeah. hearing reports that that is potentially going to happen, and we're hearing some speculation of maybe another signing or two. I wanted five Emilio. Yeah. I'll be happy with three or four, but I would be thrilled with five. We'll I mean, see. We'll see if I end up being right. But I just want to share this comment because I, I mentioned this earlier. This is from Sean Kenny Mitro, dedicated his performance to Scar Parker. <laughs> I love that. Now, now let's go back to Dave Cronin saying Leno, classy signing. Over to you, Craig. I want to get your thoughts on Leno. Nothing against Merrick Rodak. I, I do see a difference here. Look, um, 
Leno is clearly a premiership caliber goalkeeper. His distribution is good. His decision making is good. He's uh, he's good on the ball. He's he's more than just a shot blocker. I think Merrick Rodak is an outstanding shot blocker, but some of the other areas of this game were, I think, a little bit short of the standard that is required um, uh, in the Premiership. Um, the defense seems settled, yeah. um, and it gives a lot of confidence. I still think you know we probably do have some issues on the with our center backs. Right. But when they know they've got a, a strong goalkeeper behind them, it makes all the difference in the world. It does. And uh, I want to mention this. And again, where was the comment? Dave Cronin just I just went off. Of, he wanted to mention Tim Ream, another solid performance. Yeah. Know, your thoughts? Yeah, Tim Ream was immense again in defense. You know, he's doing nothing wrong. You know, there's, there's, he gets out of position occasionally. But, you know, 35-year-old man captaining the team, he, everyone wrote him off this season. We just thought he would just be playing a – a uh, motivational man motivator in the dressing room. But look, he started every game this season and, you know, fair play to him. He looked immense again. And his maturity, his experience is what we need. And Tosin, if not, I don't know if you're noticing, is growing in maturity and confidence as well. Victories give you confidence. But, you know, when you're defensive, you're looking a lot more organised and disciplined and not likely to be thumped every game. Then, you know, again, that that's just, you know, we've got some positive, positive weeks coming. I know we've got two tough games coming up, but, why can't we go to Tottenham and, and give them a run for their mind like we did Arsenal last week? Why weekend? not, Emilio? Why not? I'm glad that you said that. The attitude right now should be they should fear no one because they've gone up against some real quality sides and they've showed that really, not that they don't respect these clubs, but they're not given too much respect. Mm. They are, I want to say, respecting themselves that they can play with anyone out there. And why can't they go to Tottenham Hotspur and get something from it? I'm going to say that right now. Why not? They should have the confidence that they can play with these sides, and they're showing it. I do want to just mention one last comment. This is from our friend Chris, because I, I want to talk a little bit about this. Asking, do you fear clubs might look at Mitro for a January signing if he keeps scoring goals? The answer is no, Chris. I'm going to explain why. Mitro loves Fulham Football Club. He settled at Fulham Football Club. I'm telling you, one, Fulham wouldn't sell him at this point. Two, I don't think he has any desire to leave. I really don't. And I, I think it's just proven to the point when I tell people this, like, oh, come on, everyone has their price. Everyone wants to play at a bigger club. I'm telling you, I think Mitro wants to stay at Fulham and be a Fulham legend for life. So I don't see that happening. Would you agree with me, Emilio? Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, at the end of the day, he's, he's loved by all the Fulham faithful around the world. You know, why would he leave Fulham Football Club? And at the end of the day, you know, we're doing well so far. It's five games in, eight points on the board. Let's continue the momentum. It's and a fair question, though, from someone that doesn't question. follow home. Think... You know, it, it's yep. a fair question. And, yep. and Chris watches all of our shows, and normally people would think, why wouldn't another club come in? But I'm telling you, I'm very confident that he's going yeah, nowhere. He, if he wanted to leave, he would have gone by now. As far exactly. As he's had plenty of opportunities in his last two or three years. He, you, know, you could argue he could have left when he got relegated a couple you know, He had his, chan his chances so to go he a million. He didn't. So for he me, also doesn't fit in the systems of many other of the other. No, teams. exactly. That's and a good I point, think right? what he realizes, perhaps, yep, is that he will not be nearly as effective in a different system. And you know, he learned that the hard way under Scott Parker. Yeah. Um, and you know, the system that Silva has developed is ideally suited to to Mitro. Yep. So. He can move to another club, a bigger club, um, but the, he may find that he won't be getting, he won't be starting, or he won't be yep. doing all that well. Yep. 
Yep. Listen, uh, we need to wrap up this show. And again, major thank you. Very late night for Craig and Emilio. Emilio, final thoughts thank before you. we wrap this up. Look, I still lost my voice, as you can tell. But overall, fantastic atmosphere at the cottage. Great to be there tonight. And the fact that we know we've got eight points on the board, you know, this this is great. You know, I'm looking forward to going to Tottenham away on, on Saturday. So, fingers crossed we can give them a good old battering. And uh, we've got Chelsea the weekend after next. Again, they're Bring not it. looking too great either. So, no, we have nothing to fear. So, carry nothing on to fear, my boys. friends. Keep up the great work. Marcus Silver and team. Hope you'll get some signings in the next two or three days and make your your selection more more challenging because then our bench does look a little bit light on the moment. It does. So, so we we need it urgently. So Tony Khan, if you're watching, <laughs> sign that sign those sign those checks. Alison McIntosh, go ahead, make these transfers for goodness' sake. Do it now. Do, Do it, it now. now. Why are you waiting, Do it right now. Waiting? This is a great opportunity. Get these players in. I don't care that it's at the. End of the window. Make a splash. Do it now. Craig, final thoughts before we go. We've got to wrap this up. Magical evening at the cottage. Really important victory against a very good side. Still some work to be done. I agree with that. All right. Well, it's time to wrap up the show for the full shadow, Emilio Donato and Craig Coben. I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.